Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. There's no place like home. Whether we are sad, our travels are ending, or excited to get back into a routine, there is often comfort in returning to a place we call home. After stretching our spirits and love to include more of the people and places around us God loved first, our hope is that we would also return with new convictions, able to be more active and loving members of our community and world. How do these new experiences and encounters help us to follow the invitation of Jesus to better love one another? This week's message of the week comes from Pastor Jen Tyler, who shares from John 15 and challenges us as we return home to continually abide in Jesus. Here is the First Church Message of the Week. So today we are wrapping up this sermon series that we have called the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Gospel. This series has taken us through most of the month of August as we have been exploring ways that Scripture, which is our guide to all things, uh, to life in Watertown and beyond, uh, we've been talking about ways that then Scripture can guide us, not always just in obvious ways, but also in some other ways, like on life's more adventurous journeys. Uh, Specifically, we have been talking over these weeks about the way that the Word of God can lead and guide and inspire and prompt us to live our lives in different ways when we are traveling or meeting strangers or taking risks. We have been talking together about the importance of leaving our homes and our comfort zones and seeing every time we do so as an opportunity to have new encounters, to reflect more deeply, and to offer love and grace more fiercely. And so today we're going to continue that journey by acknowledging that like all good adventures, this one too must come to an end. And so if we started our adventure by leaving home and talking about the ways that departing from our comfortable spaces can lead and challenge and help us to grow, then today we're talking about the importance of returning home and what it means to continue that journey of growth once we get back into those safe places as well. And so as we jump into this journey, I want to invite you to first say a word of prayer. Won't you pray with me? Lord God, might you open our ears and our eyes anew that we might see and hear you more clearly. Help us to open our hearts that we might love you more deeply and to rid ourselves of any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak in this time are of you. Amen. So when I hear the phrase, there's no place like home, this is what I think of, right? I imagine the shoes and the stories that they represent. And I think you do too, judging by the smiles on your faces. For Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, we know that her grand adventure through the land of Oz would never have happened if she had always stayed in her safe, comfortable place at home. 
And while I know that may seem obvious in most cases, for Dorothy, I think it's particularly interesting because she wasn't looking for the adventure she found herself in. Rather, you may recall in this beloved film from 1939 that it begins with a frazzled young Dorothy who had gotten herself into a bit of trouble with the neighbor who didn't get along very well with her dog. Frazzled and determined to save him, she cuddled up with her beloved little Toto and they ran away from home. Only we know that she didn't get very far. If you remember how this scene, how this movie begins, she quickly encounters Professor Marvel, who was quick to show her how important her family is and how very, very much she loved them, even if sometimes it's going to feel like they didn't quite understand her or they didn't quite see things the way that she saw things. Her life at home It wasn't perfect, but it was hers. It was her home. And so as he quickly teaches her this, she goes off running back to go home to her family to apologize. Only wouldn't you know, living in a place like Kansas, that's when the twister swings in. Nothing went as she had planned. She frantically looks for her family, trying to get back to this place called home, but the winds won't let her open that storm door shelter, and eventually she bumps her head and goes off into dreamland in the magical land we call Oz. And that is where this story that we know and remember comes to be. That is where she went on these previously unimaginable adventures, all with one thing in mind the whole time. All she wanted to do was to make her way back to a place called home. There really is no place like home, is there? Over the past several weeks, We have been talking about the importance of leaving these safe and comfortable places that we call home in order for us to encounter people and adventures and places that are going to help us to grow in love of God and love of our neighbors. Yet, we also know that even if we thrive in adventures such as traveling to new or foreign places, There's really no place like home. And that's true for all of us, whether you're a bit like me, and I am always sad when my travels are ending, or if you're that person who prefers to be home and you're always excited to get back into your routine. For all of us, there's a safety and a comfort when we find a place or a people that feel like home. And after going away or stretching ourselves to include and better understand the people and places around us in new ways, we know that that too can be tiring. And so we need to build in breaks for ourselves to care for ourselves along the way and to not forget who we are, whose we are, and where we come from. Our scripture reading that I want to share with us today is a reminder 
of exactly that. It reminds us of who we are and whose we are, and it reminds us that no matter what else may come, there is one to whom we are always connected, who always seeks to ground us and to center us. And so I invite you to hear these words. I want to read from the Gospel of John in the 15th chapter, verses 1 through 11, in which Jesus says to us, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the true vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Here ends our gospel reading today. Perhaps like me, every time I read this passage, I get a little tongue-tied, especially if I'm reading it out loud, because over and over again, Jesus says the same words. Abide in me, abide in me, abide in me, he says over and over. And through these words, Jesus is inviting us, or maybe even compelling us, even to stay connected, to know and remember always that e- that when we are rooted in the very one who gives us life, when we are rooted in God, that we will be rooted also, he says, in love. And not just any kind of love, right? Not that frivolous kind of love that we talk about when we use the word lightheartedly, like when I talk about how much I love good Mexican food, right? But the good, deep, rooted, connected kind of love that brings our joy to completion like only God can do. That kind of love, Jesus says, is what we are invited to abide in. And as if that weren't enough, Jesus then continues throughout these verses to unpack that a bit bit more, utilizing a familiar analogy, perhaps to us, Definitely to the original hearers of this word. An analogy of agriculture with fruit and vines. And, it, and now, if each of us were a fruit, 
I imagine that each of us would, well, it'd be easier for us to see, wouldn't it? How essential it is for us to stay connected to the vine for prolonged life and growth as we get those nutrients inside of us. I like the analogy of us being the fruit on that vine, but that's not the analogy Jesus gives us. Instead, here, Jesus tells us that we're connected not as fruit soon to be plucked off or wither away, but rather, he says, we are connected more permanently than that. We are the branches. We are the branches. Now, the thing about being a branch is that in order to bear any fruit, the branch has to do a couple of things. First and foremost, we know that the branch has to stay connected to the vine, that it has to abide in the vine, right? And to stay spiritually healthy, it also has to do a second thing. The branch needs to do the hard work of removing that which is unnecessary through pruning, In order to bear fruit, the branch must do both of these things. What, if we are going to stay connected to the vine, though, of course, we first have to know, what is your vine? Because here in this passage, Jesus is saying that the one we are the most connected to, the one from whom we draw the most nourishment and care and strength and wisdom, that should be Jesus himself that we should be abiding in God, not just to know that God is with us, but to be invitational, to literally live in and with God in every moment of our lives. Or to put it another way, to know that we are always welcome and always home when we are with God. There is no part of ourselves that God does not know and long to care for. There is nothing in your life, nothing that you have to hide because God is a forgiving and merciful one. There is no shame that you should have to carry because God will always be by your side longing to help you bear your burdens. And so abide in God, he invites us. Stay connected and know that when we truly live into this invitation, there will be no other being or place that is like it. Because to abide in God is to know the love of God. And as we abide in God, we are invited then to live into this second thing, because while that sounds neat and comfortable and safe, the truth is following God isn't always those things, right? And so the second thing that we have to do is the hard work of once we get there, we have to stay there and we have to stay healthy while we're there, which means that we have to live into this analogy he gives us of pruning, Pruning, as he says in this passage, means that sometimes we have to be intentional about cutting out things in our lives. Maybe the unhealthy things like habits or people, if they become toxic, right? What are those people or places or situations that we need to prune from our lives? Pruning in this way is tough, tough work. It hurts even. 
by definition, the act of pruning was never intended to be easy. And I find that even more true when we think about pruning in our lives and we shift from thinking about pruning what's wrong in someone else's life to pruning ourselves. That's where it gets tricky because good pruning means that we have to remove excess growth. Sometimes things that we like, even if they're not so good for us. Sometimes it means that we have to remove the things that are going to rob you and the vine of our energy. Sometimes in those moments, it seems like it might be easier, right, to just press on a little, to leave things as they are, to avoid conflict and resist any change. But without pruning, we are only holding ourselves and the community of believers around us back. I wonder what's holding you back. What are the things? Maybe they are items or activities or people even that are sapping your energy and well-being. What are the things that keep you from producing healthy fruit or from giving the attention needed to the people and the things around you that should be your top priorities? For some of us, that work of pruning might look like letting things go because they're no longer uh, fruitful or life-giving or helping us to grow in our faith, even if they once did. Maybe it's something as simple as letting go of a distraction so that you might be more fully present to those around you and in turn then to Jesus himself. For others of us, maybe it's a bit more complicated than that. Maybe our pruning is less about letting go of things and more about the things we need to add in our lives, like spiritual disciplines or the practice of going out into the world each day to try and see the world a little more like Jesus sees it, to encounter people with the love that Jesus has for them, to care for the world as Jesus, through stories found in Scripture, our guide to the gospel, has told us to do. For each of us, this kind of spiritual pruning is going to look a little different. But whatever form it takes, Jesus' message for us is the same. That we have to keep pruning and growing and changing and praying in order to keep nurturing and growing healthy, Christ-centered lives. That is true when we go out when we have new encounters and new adventures. It's true when we pause to reflect. And it's true when we return home from our adventures too. And as I said before, we know that the process of pruning along our journey, it's not likely to be easy or even a pleasant one. And yet as difficult as this process may be, we are invited to consider the source. We are invited to consider that even in the midst of tough times or difficult pruning, we know that we are never, ever, ever left alone to fend for ourselves, to prune on our own. But rather, we are assured here that Jesus, our vine, is always there to support us, to welcome us home as we abide in him. 
there really is no place like home. And so abide in me, Jesus says, as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Sometimes I think it's all too easy for us to get caught up in what this fruit that we are producing looks like or how much of it maybe we are producing. But by inviting us to abide in him in this way, Jesus is reminding us that we are not what we produce. Instead, he says, look at me and focus on me, abide in me, learn to be in me. As I invite you to come home, trust in Jesus, and know that God is already doing that work of producing fruit around us because your job as a branch is not to produce the fruit. Your job as a branch is to let God's power flow through you so abundantly that the fruit cannot help but to blossom all around you. And so prune away those things that steal your focus and your energy. Prune away the things that turn you away from leaning into and trusting in God. And then abide in Christ. Cling to him even so that then we will be strengthened and empowered, growing in love and grace to go out into the world, to be the branch that you were created to be, to be the branch through whom God's love and grace and life and fruit can flow forth in abundance. And as you do so, may you know always that you, a branch in the tree and the vine of God's great love, are never alone. For as you abide in Christ, so too will Christ abide in you. Let's pray together. Faithful God, our vine, our nourishment, our home, we thank you for the ways that you provide for us, especially in those ways we don't always take time to be mindful of. We thank you for the ways that you welcome us home always and ask that you will help us to lean into you, to trust in you, and to be willing to do that hard work of pruning that we might more fully abide in you this and every day. In the name of Christ Jesus, your son. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.